Hello, welcome back to week 41 on Out on That Line. I'm Jeff with my co-host Alex. Alex, how are you doing this week? I'll say it here like I was saying before we started recording. Real missed opportunity here to not do a Sum 41 deep dive retrospective on episode 41. Yes, and you know, I think that's uh, that's that's the out on that line difference is, you know, there there's a lot of opportunities. We're going to hit some of them. But, you know, some are going to slip by. They're just going to slip right through our fingers, this being one of them. You know, it could, we can live in shame or we can move on and, and just try to be better. Yeah, we're like nurses in a birthing ward. Like, some are going to get by us, but the ones that we catch, you can treasure and appreciate. So don't think about the missed opportunities. Think about all the good times in front of us. That's, that's how I like to think about it. Yeah, we're right now, we are, was it the T.C. Williams football team right at the start of the integration and remember the titans and it was just chaos you know they weren't a great team but then they learned to play like men and we're working our way towards learning to play like men and when we get there folks i hope you'll still you'll still be with us so you can experience that glory right along the two of us it's been a long road to get here we got a long road to go and i I promise that episode 141 well, maybe I won't make that promise because that's a long time from now. Yeah. But we will consider doing the Sum 41 retrospective that everybody wanted and should have gotten this episode. They just start making like pet sounds level albums after this, like just mind bending destroyer music. By the time we get there, we've just got like this whole wealth of amazing content to cover. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. And, you know, I, I heard they're listeners of the show. So I hope this is the, the kind of creative kick in the ass they were looking for to, to release that magnum opus. Yeah, come on, Sum 41. Be best. Yeah, Derek Wibley and company. I bet you didn't think I knew the lead singer's name. This is, I don't want to get us too far off topic here, but you know Dexter Holland, the lead singer for The Offspring? Yes. You know he has a PhD in molecular biology? I'm not surprised. That guy sounds like a nerd. I love The Offspring. Yeah, totally. But like you could have knocked me over with a goddamn feather when I found I was like, I guess I should just fucking throw myself in the ocean because the lead singer of the offspring has a PhD. I mean, his name is Dexter. I think he I think his real name is like Aaron Berg or something like that. Well, that, Dexter Holland's that a code totally name. ruins. But maybe Dexter is who he wants to be. And that's why he went and got the PhD. There you go. Yeah. Dexter Holland has the PhD. Whatever yeah. his fucking real name is, is nothing. He's not even the lead singer of The Offspring. He wanted life to imitate art, but then he got in, in too deep. <sighs> Tie in with some 41. Oh, my God. Flawless. I'm going to say <laughs> nothing else is perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, now that I'm all fired up, what do you say? We talk about a band that plays loud and hard every night. and doesn't care how many people walk through that door. And of course, I'm talking about against me. This week is a little against me retrospective. You were you were wanting some 41, but I think you just got something better. And what made you think of doing this one, Alex? Because you're getting full credit for this idea here. Well, if I'll be totally candid with you, we realized we're a little pressed for time. We've got some like summer holiday activities coming up. And we realized we were like, well, we could try to listen to something really quick and dash off some half-assed review we're like you know what i really liked about it is that it was music and that it had lyrics and <laughs> that's what i appreciate in a song when it can mesh elements like that 
could have done that, but instead we made the executive decision to go with something with which we were very familiar because I think it'll be interesting for people to listen to us talk enthusiastically about something we've been listening to for a long fucking oh, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, a long time. Against me, I, I want to say probably came into our lives around the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we probably weren't too far off and both introduced to it by, I'm guessing, Rory. Yep, correct. Sometimes friend of the pod, Rory. <laughs> albatross of the pod <laughs> oh no oh <laughs> uh, well we know he won't listen to this anyway he doesn't listen no but i'll, I'll see him i'll see him soon and if he has you'll see him say, in hell all right yeah if he has something to say we can we can duke it out we can dance well so i i really like the idea because obviously against me has been a huge part of my life i mean certainly one of my favorite favorite bands um and you know it's one that you and me and Tanner and Rory, we've all listened to back in Measy back in the day. You know, we all listened to tons and tons of Against Me um, all the way through, too. One thing I noticed in, you know, kind of tell the listeners what's going on here. We each pick three songs like usual, but it could be from any part of their catalog. And, you know, what's funny is there's only two of the songs that we picked came from the same album. Yeah. The rest of them, we picked different albums, um, which I thought was was pretty neat because i think it shows how good against me has been for such a long time that there's been kind of some spots here and there where where maybe everybody wasn't a fan but i feel like the consistency has always been there um they're always evolving which i think in my uh, my advanced age i appreciate a lot more than than when i was younger you know i've lost a little bit of my edge i suppose um but i just thought it was very interesting that it came from very clearly different eras of against me and i think the album that we both picked a song from and i'm not going to spoil that one you got to listen the rest of the way folks you know i know that one for you and me has been you know kind of an important album you know it's one that we listen to all the way through on vinyl all the time um you know that that album i i really do associate with you quite a bit you know just because that's my favorite against me album oh yeah i mean it's it's the best one I mean, I well, that's hard to say. Um, I don't know. I would agree with that. It's yeah. like the most fully formed and like true to concept one. I would say, yeah, well, fully formed. I like I like how you put that because I think that's okay. I think that's true. I think that's what sets it apart. Um, and I guess now I'll just searching for a form of clarity. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to continue talking about it in some sort of code. Um, so you know, follows reinventing Axl Rose and against me as the Eternal Cowboy. You know, those were very like a lot of it was very fast paced punk on As the Eternal Cowboy and then on Reinventing Axl Rose, a lot of that folk punk that they were initially very famous for. Um, And then you get into Searching for a Former Clarity and it's just all of a sudden they're polished, but they still they still have that kind of kick ass energy, you know, that I feel like kind of dipped for a little while after this one. Uh, But it was just an excellent excellent album all the way through and kind of my number one recommendation if folks are looking to get into against me that's that's the album that i'm going to tell them to listen to definitely because like reinventing axel rose which is the first out i mean there were a bunch of like eps but if we're going to go strictly with albums reinventing axel rose being the first one it is very punk it is very rough around the edges it is very aggressive it's loud it's a lot of yelling it's a very urgent delivery so it's it's fantastic punk but for people who might need more of a 
uh, need to wade in slowly <laughs> and see how they like it, you're absolutely right. Searching for a form of clarity is the one I would tell them to listen to. Because in that, in my mind, is... And with the caveat, I am not trying to dead name Laura Jane Grace. I'm just for the purposes of the story. Living at that time at her assigned birth of male. Yeah. As Tom Gable. Tom Gable at that point was in this idea of searching for a former clarity. This whole album feels like Tom Gable going back to Florida and just simmering in that muggy, disgusting, scummy just atmosphere that a lot of people associate with like Florida man. Um, and just like simmering in those elements to deliver these like slower songs. Like it's too hot to move punk fast mm -hmm. and it's contemplative and it's thinking about where you've been, where you are and where you are going, where you want to go, where you're afraid to go. That's why I say it's the most fully formed because it's like a huge crossroads for the mm -hmm. band. So it, that would absolutely be my recommendation for where to start. Yeah. And it, it's it's very very good, and it's followed by, and this is the kind of I was telling you before the show I had a bit of a like a mea culpa on hmm. this one. The album New Wave by Against Me I think was fairly maligned by us as a friend group, and I think mm -hmm. kind of overall as a, as a fan base of Against Me, you know, it could could be as with any very devout fan base it can get a little toxic sometimes mm -hmm. you know and i think you'll find that anywhere you find that with coheed and cambria uh you certainly find that with even bruce springsteen the e street band fans you know it's just everybody if you get a lot of people from all walks of life you're bound to get some some kind of bad apples in there and you know i kind of i went along with kind of hating that album and i just i've been listening to it the last couple of years now kind of listening all the way through the only song I really can't stand on it is Stop. But the rest <sighs> of it's pretty good. It's just different. It, it it's it's different and you're right. I had I kind of passively went along with the hatred for it because for a long time I didn't really listen to the whole thing. I remembered I think protest songs. I don't remember what the actual song, but protest songs in response to military aggression. I think Americans Whatever that's abroad, actually right? called. Americans abroad. You're totally yeah. right. I listened to that, and I was like, you know, it's not like the against me I know, but it's fine. Thrash Unreal I really enjoy quite oh, yeah. a bit. Oh, yeah. The, great song, great music video. But you're right. Stop is the biggest sack of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, you get mad at Laura Jane Grace. You're like, come on now. There was no need for this. Yeah. Why did you do this? Yeah. What? What? Tell me why. But, I mean, like, seriously, otherwise, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up on Spotify right now. So I can I can like look through these songs. So they start New Wave. Pretty good song. Up the sure, Cuts. Yeah. Great mm -hmm. song. Yep, great song. Thrash Unreal. White People for Peace. I mean that mm -hmm. first four is great and then it stopped. But Born on the FM Waves of the Heart, the one that he did with I forget which of the uh, the one that she did with um Tegan or Sarah of Tegan and Sarah fame, I think was the other person on that song with them. Your um, guess is as good as mine. It might as well be Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah, they're they're like uh, like very indie. No, I, I know Tegan yeah. and Sarah. I just I don't know. I can't I pull out of my ass it whether it was yeah, Tegan or Sarah. Which one it is yeah. Um, and then piss and vinegar, good song americans abroad that you had already mentioned good song animal and the ocean the ocean's a great song too 
but it's it's like 90% pretty good songs. So I don't know why I ever really had it out for that album. I, I, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. And like, I, this, for the same reasons, like, yeah, you listen to it more and you're like, you know what? This isn't as bad as I remember. And you reserve the right to change your mind. But if I still have a criticism of it, 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 it felt like a step backwards for the band. And it felt like a step backwards for Laura Jane Grace. Like, maybe at that time, it was all she could handle because all the albums up to this point, which many people didn't notice at the time, but now it all makes perfect sense. These all albums all leading up to it were deeply steeped in her gender dysphoria. Yeah. I mean, there's breadcrumbs all throughout most of these songs. Or they can be interpreted as, as like, her crying out as a result of her gender dysphoria. Yeah. And so, like, that's that's a huge thing in punk. That is huge. Like, Against Me may not have ever been the biggest band, but they have a they are very popular, especially with like punks of taste, if you will. And <laughs> you have a highly visible trans singer. That's not nothing. And like the fact that she shared that story, like I read her book, mm-hmm. and she spares no detail, and she is not afraid to look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. And I really appreciated that inside look, and it, it makes you appreciate the songwriting behind Against Me because that's like such raw shit to share and you can tell it felt dangerous for her at the time to be putting any of this down so to take a to take stock of everything that came before solid amazing really daring and then you look at this and it's like this feels pretty commercial yeah and maybe not like it's plumbing the depths that other songs have done but you cannot say that the music is bad except for on stop yes yes and i think i think it is like you know where searching for a former clarity was more polished than as the eternal cowboy and um, reinventing Axl Rose, this was even more polished than that. You know, this was, you know, like big label, big name studio, like high end producer, somebody that's like looking to make it the most palatable version of against me. And that part, I don't, I'm not that excited about, but the songs are fun to listen to. You know, I certainly, you know, I'm not going to put it up there with my favorite, against me albums or anything um i don't think it's even top five but no but it's like i just don't have the hate for it anymore and there's several of the songs that i go back to and listen a lot like um up the cuts is a fucking banger song i mean that chorus are you restless like me incredible incredible stuff um but yeah that's my that's my kind of mea culpa you know new wave i think is just a, a pretty good album and i never gave it credit all right. Yeah. And I would agree. It is just a pretty good album. Yeah. That's my my little hipster hot take on it. <laughs> I still fucking absolutely hate White Crosses. Yes. There's like that two, album there's like sucks. two good songs on that album, I think. High Pressure Low is not bad, and I think there's one more, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that was insulting. Listening to that, you're like, "Okay. All right, I'm done with Against Me. We'll always have Paris." And then <laughs> yeah. luckily yeah, they, transgender dysphoria blues comes along and blows everything out of the water. Yeah, they they've they've come around. A couple little blips there in, on the road, a couple little bumpy spots, but we got there. And a big reason why we're even doing this episode is because they they have had such longevity as a band. You know, they've gone through some personnel changes. Um I think Andrew Seward is back with the band. I think the only one that's not back with the band now is um 
James uh, Tanner's going to kill me for not remembering his his last name here. Bowman. Right? Okay. Maybe. To to be totally frank with you, I read this book and like the timeline was very unclear to me and I'm I'm kind of a star fucker, so I was like, "Ah, Laura Jane Grace <laughs> is the important character here. I'm reading her book." I don't know what this guy's Doodle O'Reilly or whatever his name is. I have no idea. Oh, it was Warren as the drummer, was the drummer. And then Andrew Seward and James Bowman were. That was the four with Laura Jane. That was the four that that you and I, like for those first four albums, that was the the core band. Um, And then they moved on. Like I know Max Weinberg's son played with them for a little bit. Um, He's played with everybody. He's played with like Slipknot. He's filled in on the E Street Band for his dad. Like, I think, I think he's playing with Slipknot on a consistent base. I think he is the drummer. Oh well, good for him. That probably pays yeah. a lot. <laughs> All that hot topic money comes rolling in. <laughs> yeah, probably very lucrative, very very lucrative. Um, but it's yeah, that's so that's the the band as we knew it, and now it's you know it's different. But I think James Bowman is back in the fold. I think Warren, the drummer, is the only one that hasn't come back. Um, okay. He went to be like a restaurateur in, in Florida or something like that. But he's decided that life is, is the one for him. And and that's all, all we'll say about that. But it would be better if he came back because he was kick-ass. Um, so we picked six songs. And we're just going to go through them. We'll talk about the album that they came off of. And, you know, obviously a little bit about why each of us picked them. So we'll start with one of yours from against me as the eternal cowboy you look like i need a drink so i picked my songs for a very specific reason it was really hard to just pick three because i had some like outside favorites i considered doing three all off of clarity um like really wasn't sure what i wanted to do so i was when i saw your picks i was like okay now i know what i'm gonna do I'm going to do one song from each of the first three albums because I like tracking that progression of the mm-hmm. sound and the subject matter and all of that. And we're I'm going out of order by talking about You Look Like I Need a Drink first, but it doesn't matter because it's all a very subtle evolution. Um, but this is a song about, and again, I want to leave the caveat that in talking in the past, sometimes if it's okay, I would like to switch to Tom Gable for the purposes of in that moment she was Tom Gable and that was the her identity and it's relevant to like what's being talked about in the song like living as a man at that point with like man related things happening so i'm not trying to be an asshole when i say tom gable yep. i hope that's okay i really don't know how to talk sensitively about this stuff i would like to but i i i hope we get a pass for doing our best yeah i mean i i, I don't know i feel like everybody that listens to the show knows how we feel about personal freedoms and being who you what you want, being who you want to be and you know not not really having any sort of judgments on that sort yeah, of thing. I just hope that if you know people find this podcast and we get a huge following in our own subreddit in like six months time <laughs> that they don't come back to this and go like you thought you were so sly and so tender and so understanding. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, for this one, because this is the only one that I think really that that sort of angle is going going to. Well, maybe one more that that sort of angle is going to apply to. 
it's gonna it's gonna come up a bunch because again there were these references inserted into so many of these songs mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily pick mine along those lines but again it's so prevalent that it just keeps coming up so especially with you look like I need a drink this is about when Tom Gable was in the throes of alcoholism and um, this is a song about cheating on your wife uh, he was married at the time with some groupie rando one of those people that is like well well, well I see when are you coming back to town again mm-hmm. and and it's someone that you know Tom Gable is never going to remember and this was him on the verge of throwing away every good thing that he had and being conflicted about that because at the time Tom Gable was on a path to self-destruction and was struggling with all of these thoughts and feelings and feeling deviant and feeling like in, in Laura Jane Grace's own words, freakish and perverted, which we know not to be the case, but when you have a military dad and you have no basis for this, you feel like you're deviant and other. So it's living this double life where you are a popular punk star and you are also battling this intensely personal thing that you think will not go over well in the punk community so it's just an a total path to self-destruction terrible choices throwing away all the good things that you have because you just keep running from your problems and that's it's it's an extremely punk angry bitter song Mm -hmm. which i love about it but i just again love that it's for instance on Spotify, one of the most popular Against Me songs in the top five is Baby, I'm an Anarchist. Mm-hmm. Hot take, I really don't like that song. Yeah, it's at a all. One. I think it's pretty cheesy, and like a lot of try-hard punk adopts that kind of aesthetic. Yeah. We were marching around, and we were angry and sad, <laughs> and like you end up not saying anything at all, which is why I really like something as like dark and depressing as You Look Like I Need a Drink. So, you know. It is a very dark song. Very, very dark. And, you know, it really kind of gave me... The first time I heard it, I was like... I think it, this was one of the first Against Me songs that I listened to. I think this was like one of the first probably five or so songs that I heard. And I was like, what is this? You know, what is this music? It's so fast. And, I, I you know, I'd listened to punk and I'd listened to like some 41 at that point that's like pop punk this was this had this kind of raw anger and power to it you know and that that was just so enticing and such a draw for me just listening to this and then when i finally got home and could like read the lyrics to it i was stunned because you know they sing the lyrics are sung so quickly in this song yeah it's it's a really really quick song there's a lot of density to the lyrics as well. Like it goes quick, but there's a lot of words in there and just the way that the story is told, um, you know, in the closest alley in the first doorway, he pushed up against her and closed his eyes. He said, this is probably the worst decision that I've ever made. She laughed and smiled. She said, I'm sure you do this all the time. Right, 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 right. And it's just like the way that that conversation plays out in the song with such force and such power behind it because the vocal talents of of laura jane even at this point were incredible you know i think honestly she sounds the best that she ever has right now it's just she has a really really kind of pure 
natural voice. And, you know, this was back when she was still shredding it. When she was still, oh, like, yeah. this was still, like, full punk, angry, screaming against me. And this song is, like, the epitome of against me playing fast and loose and absolutely kicking the shit out of a song. It, this one rocks. Big time. And it's, like, dirty and shameful, like, this yeah. back alley fuck, like it's super evocative it's exactly like you said when you were reading the lyrics like it, it can paint no clearer picture because this happened you know this fucking happened more than once and like if you choose to look at it like the way that i kind of do which is laura jane grace has always been here tom gable was the cover you yep. know what i mean yep so tom gable was the character laura jane grace is the person and it's it's just absolutely wild to put yourself in those shoes where it's like it's it's performative identity to the point that you're destroying your entire life like the pressure to be like that is absolutely fucking insane and the fact that it is all contained in one song which moves a mile a minute like a freight train from hell yeah. and just fucks it is so all their music gets you jacked up but a song like this where it's like you can barely understand what's being said it's coming at you so fast yeah it just rocks so hard and the thing is they play it even faster live oh yeah oh yeah like it is a fucking barn burner of a song it is so fast and the crowd starts beating the shit out of each other when this one starts going it is a wild experience quick sidebar how many times have you seen against me live three me too yeah twice in vermont once in boston yeah i saw them twice in vermont once down here Man. Yeah, it's they. Yeah, they still kick so much ass, so much ass. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, and I'm telling you, Laura Jane's voice now is just unbelievable. It was always. Oh, good. I love. It was always one of the most powerful voices I think in rock and roll. But goddamn, she knows how to like sing, sing now. Oh, I loved what she was doing on uh, "Stay Alive." Yeah, that the. The album we did way back in the way back when. Way back when. Yeah, it was it was very, very good. Very, very good. Um, well, the next one, Pretty Girls, The Mover, from Searching for Former Clarity. So this was another one of my picks, right? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. Okay. Yes, this was another one of my picks. So actually, it's good that these two went back to back because if we're looking at you look like I need a drink is the middle chapter then pretty girls is um, kind of the I guess the apex if you want to call it that of this this story that you can track from the beginning it's actually two stories you can track the evolution of their sound as a band the things they're writing about etc and these breadcrumbs that Laura Jane Grace has been leaving about her internal struggles and this is kind of where it all comes to a head because this is a song that is about the intimidation that you feel when you're trying to ask someone out. Mm -hmm. Very simple concept on its head. But it has, now that we know what we know about Laura Jane Grace, it has this whole new layer because all the lyrics, which I know you have up in front of you if you want to hit us with some of them after I shut up, um, all the lyrics can be read and were read at the time is like, okay, well, Tom Gable is nervous about meeting a woman and not feeling good enough. But 
knowing what we know now, those lyrics take on a completely different meaning. So why don't you head us up with a couple of those? Yes, the chorus, actually, of this one, I think, speaks to exactly what you were talking about, both in the last song and this one. But there are things that you must accept as said and done. There are truths you must learn to confront. You can pray all night and day. You'll always wake the same person in the same place. I mean, might as well be a fucking bullseye. Yeah. And I, I uh, again, appreciate those kind of candid lyrics that Lord Jane Grace was saying exactly what she meant. We just had no idea mm -hmm. how to read it at the time. So it's it's interesting how you can have two completely edifying and totally different experiences listening to it the first time, listening to it in 2021. Um, and once again, it's another song that just absolutely rocks. It is hell bent for leather. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you're you're hard pressed to find some of these little more stripped down against me songs in general. You don't have that problem here either. This thing takes off and doesn't stop moving. I fucking yeah. It's called the Mover for a reason. Yeah, they had so they had three songs on this album. It was the was it the Mover, the Shaker, and the Roller, the Energizer, the Energizer. Yeah, that's and I mean that's it's perfect description for those songs. I mean because it's this song just you get you start out the album. You know you have Miami, you have Mediocrity gets you pairs. You know you have like a few really good songs, but then you hit pretty girls and you realize that against me can still rock your fucking socks off. And they, Oh yeah. They crush it on this song. And, and I always thought, honestly, I always thought this song was about an STD. Really? Yeah. Because read me some more lyrics. Yeah. Um, Oh, I just want to be young. I want to live. Oh God, I want to be healthy. I don't want this problem. Oh, you wouldn't think something like irresponsibility would complicate something like asking for some company. Like the narrator you know of the song has an STD, really likes this person and doesn't know how to talk to them. And so maybe they should just be friends. I mean, I totally see it now. I, I see where you got that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where, why I think because something like irresponsibility you know having the unprotected sex right right you know that's always been i've always been told that's irresponsible to do and you know it just kind of that's what i thought about and especially after a song like you look like i need a drink that i think back in those days against me was probably entertaining the advances of uh of uh, many many a fan oh for sure so to speak you know so i was thinking maybe pick something up along the road you know and then some friends of the road come along and you don't necessarily want to infect those friends of the road even though they they may already have something that's how you got it in the first place i suppose but you know it's just thinking maybe it's about that i mean again when you when you put it to me that way with the lyrics like i can absolutely see that that's that's not necessarily out of left field yeah and i've listened to the song five million times at this point so yeah. If I was going to come up with another theory, I probably already would have. Yeah. That's, that's the one that stuck for me. <laughs> well, and I love that no matter which way you slice it, it's ultimately about talking yourself out of it. You get in your own head mm -hmm. and decide like, well, you know, I don't want to be alone. I like this person, but I'm too fucking nervous. Um, fear has won out all the fearful possibilities 
have made it so that there's no fucking way I can do this. Yep. So we should just be friends. Yep. Yeah. It's very, uh, there's a lot of, lot of psychology going on on this album. And, and we didn't even talk about the title track of this album. Mm-mm. You want to talk about spelling it out in big red letters for everybody. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> getting the hint. Searching for a form of clarity on this album is is exactly that. I almost my original choices were going to be Pretty Girls, Searching for a Form of Clarity, and Miami. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I really like Miami. I just like the picture that it paints. And yeah. also as a weird sidebar, um, when I was in grad school, I did a, a TV series pitch in, in the drama class that was about a bunch of guys that moved to Miami to open a club. Their one friend dicked them over, made it huge, became like a big club owner. Yeah. And they've been relegated to pest control, catching alligators and snakes and shit. <laughs> and they get hooked up with a mafia guy who's also in the club business, whose biggest rival turns out to be the guy that dicked them over. Yeah. So wacky hijinks ensue. And I was like, well, what do I want the theme song to be? And I was like, oh, Miami, 100%. If that's where it's taking place, this song, I see the whole credit sequence for this prestigious Emmy Award-winning drama that I was going to write. <laughs> and it was set to this song. Because um, all your guts expanding, your hairlines receding, the sores are opening, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The cancer is spreading. Major fucking damage! Just like yeah. the whole song is is like a, a fat Florida guy who got too fucked up on hot dogs and beer at the cookout and he's flatlining <laughs> yeah it's yeah. very evocative that's a hell of a song and it is to be honest with you i think that's honestly my least favorite song on the album i don't know and why. that's the strength of searching yeah. for the former clarity i still that, like, rock that... that song quite a bit fuck yeah yeah i think it's a great opener too it is and but i honestly am surprised i was surprised when i didn't see that you then when i saw that you didn't pick searching for a former clarity I thought about it. I really thought yeah. about it. And then that's when I went for my poo-poo platter of the first three albums. I guess it didn't matter. It snuck in there anyway. Yeah, it got Look a little shine. Look at that. The universe tends to unfold as it should. Learn that from Harold and Kumar. I like that. Yeah, it's a nice sentiment. Did I also tell you the story behind uh, Mediocrity Gets You Pairs? No. Okay, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show before. But um, at one point, Against Me was playing a show, and there was some record executive or producer or something who sent Laura Jane Grace this incredibly ornate gift basket full of artisanal cheeses and summer sausage and craft honey and what have you. And the rest of the guys had to share a single fruit basket that had like rotting pears in it. (laughs) And so I can't remember who it was, but one of the other guys picked up the basket and was like, huh, I guess mediocrity gets you pears. (laughs) And all of a sudden, they have a song. Oh, that's that's great. I mean, not great for the you, other the other guys in the band, but no, it's a great story. Really great story. You got to read that book. It's it's worth it. It's short. It's a quick read. You'll cruise through. I it. should I should read that. I should do more reading. Pretty much don't read anything these days. I used to read yeah, all the time. Phone does all the work. Yeah. It does. It really does. It does too much work. To be honest with you, I just don't read anything. I read about furniture and I read Twitter. That's it. It, if it turns out that phones can wipe your ass and you can have sex with them, it's over. Like, <laughs> the, I'll never leave house? my house. Yeah. yeah. 
I didn't include eating in this because it's no way to live, but the seven days up until I die of starvation, I'm going to be having the time of my well, life. your phone already can order delivery. You'd be fine. Oh, my God. That's true. You'd be fine. Grubhub and Pornhub, baby. Yeah, delivery food. Food is probably the least of your worries when it comes to why you wouldn't be able to stay home all the time. I just turned into, like, one of the blob people from WALL-E. Yeah, but if you never go out anywhere, who cares? It sounds like a nice life. Better than the it, one I've got, if I'm being honest. Honestly, it doesn't sound too bad. I, I've <laughs> talked myself into it, Jeff. I'm going to go wipe my ass with my phone and start a movement. Well, we'll we'll start. We'll do a documentary show on TLC someday for you. Perfect. <laughs> I deserve it. Well, what do you say we stick with this album? And we skip down to one of my picks, and then we'll do a 180 back to one of your other ones but we'll stick while we're on this subject matter we'll talk about the song problems okay because this is my favorite against me song this one is absolutely incredible every time that last like quarter of the song kicks off and they just start absolutely crushing it i mean they are just rolling that is some of the purest rock and roll music that I've ever heard in my life. And this song is so fucking good. I listen to it all the time, probably at least once a week since the first time I heard it. This one blows all the other ones out of the water for me. Wow. I never fucking knew that. I mean, great choice. It's a great song. I never had any concept that it was your favorite and that you listened to it that much. Oh, yeah. This one is. I mean, when you, this was the first one I thought of when you were like, oh, let's do an Against Me episode. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I know exactly which one I want to talk about. <laughs> the other two were the problem. This one was always making the list. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you. You're the expert on the song. I am very tempted to assign my customary, like, suicidal ideation interpretation to it. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got a first verse that's talking about taking inventory. Like, it's a backup plan for a huge, like, financial disaster that comes in the wake of trying to follow your dreams and failing. Something like that. Okay. And then the second verse makes it seem like Laura Jane Grace is kind of taking a, uh, like, dissociative long view of this. Like, looking at what she's got so if the first verse is talking about a fallback laura jane grace in this verse is looking at you know all the things that she has and stands to lose and it just doesn't really sound real or fulfilling so like how do you deal but then there's this idea of like no more problems and it's like so is that an indication of like i won't have more problems if i don't exist am i like totally off base in that and i'm not saying is that right but do you see where I'm coming from? I do see where you're coming from. And I think one of the reasons I love this song is because I, I have my own interpretation of what this one's about. But I think the beauty of her songwriting is that it doesn't take much to apply it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think with a lot of the songs, like with um, Pretty Girls, we had two totally different interpretations of that, both completely valid. You know, and I think that is part of probably the kind of duality that Laura Jane was feeling at this point in time and kind of ticking closer to zero hour when that decision finally gets officially made, you know? Um, and I think that is what we're talking about here is 
you know, she, I think she had at this point come to terms with what was going on. Now it was just a matter of, you know, where do I go from here? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, where, you know, what do I do? But I have to at least face forward and take this thing head on, I think is what this song tells to me. Um, because it's like all the issues had been worked out. You know, she finally had kind of decided this is who I am, you know, on the inside. I need to be that person on the outside. And I think that's that realization. And obviously there's a whole mess of other problems created at that point, you know, because now you're, now you've told yourself, like, there's no avoiding that situation anymore. There's no talking yourself out of that. Now it's just a matter of how do you get from here to being the fully realized version of the way you see yourself and i think the lines this song has two of them i mean you know i am becoming the choices we're making is an unbelievable line where it's like that's when things are kind of falling apart because everybody is not worried about enough about what they're doing and then here in the worst i will become the best of them all no more problems problems with anything and it's that is that kind of defiant spirit it's like all of a sudden bam here we go and then when we get to the end of the album with searching for a form of clarity it's kind of like how i missed this with as much as i listened to this album like how i missed that this was a possibility you know i'm just going to chalk that up to being inexperienced with the world and a lot younger than i am now um but it could not have been more obvious that there was some real severe gender dysphoria going on for her at this point in time and this song i think you know they she's very good at like framing it in terms of like being in a band and like you know with reinventing axel rose what we're going to talk about a little later um you know it's just like when they when when she kind of goes into that stuff she obviously has a very specific way that she views things like a specific perspective and how she relates things like these kind of abstract feelings and thoughts how she relates them and kind of makes them a real tangible thing by applying them to some real situation i think is a really really kind of deft thing to do in songwriting and i think this album is absolutely chock full of it i think this is the best songwriting that that she's ever accomplished um, mm-hmm. And that's not saying she hasn't accomplished some great songwriting on other albums and other projects, but it's like this one and this song in particular, it will absolutely never get old for me because it's just like has such a resonance lyrically. And then that outro, that ending part where they just mm-hmm. show you, they're like, we still know how to fucking rock. Like, I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. We still know how to fucking kick that door down. I mean, that's a hell of a fucking pitch. And to be quite frank, I think I enjoy your interpretation of the song even more than mine. I didn't enjoy mine. Mine was sad. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's a hell of a pitch for this song. And I think you're right. A lot of the the themes on the album kind of pivot around this because you're right. It's very demonstrative of the depth and breadth of Laura Jane Grace's songwriting. So, good pick. Yeah. It's a good favorite. It's a fucking hell of a song. Yeah, Absolutely. This yeah. is the one that if somebody is asking what song to get into against me, I guess maybe Thrash Unreal would kind of have to be that pick, but this would be a close second. 
for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it. I'd give it to this. I like Thrash Unreal, but I mean, this is the this is the good shit. This is the pure extract. Yeah, this is this is the stuff that keeps me coming back. Like whatever else against me decides to do in their career, at least I'll always have this. Absolutely, this song just rocks. Um, so we'll go back. We'll rewind the clock. Go back to their first i think this was their first like major release reinventing axel rose and the title track of the same name yeah so this was my other pick so now if we want to take like a long view of the progression you start here and this is a song that's just about affirming that if you do your own fucking thing you're going to have some level of success or at least you're going to be able to hold your head high right dreams are a tough thing to nurture so you can't get discouraged and you have to as casey musgraves would say follow your arrow if you want it you have to go get it and you have to do it your own way because looking at the landscape of the music business i think laura jane grayson against me were like you know at best we become some pre-packaged you know, flavor of the week type act that fades into obscurity. And at worst, we never get to do this at all. We just, you know, no one ever knows our name and we just totally implode. But you have to try. You, it, you, it's like Michael McDonald. I got to try. I'll <laughs> drop all my favorites in here. Um, but it's, it's introducing a new idea in punk, which I think is really cool which is that it's something very prevalent now, which is kindness is punk. Mm -hmm. You don't need to posture and talk shit and act like you're super tough and badass because emotional honesty is honored here. So playing like you're a badass doesn't impress anybody. And that's a really cool idea to seed into the punk scene because a lot of Laura Jane, Laura Jane Grace's frustrations were with like, Fairweather fans and, and fans that were like, oh, punk is a like punk is a very pure genre. If you mm -hmm. don't do certain things, you're not punk. But these are like trust fund kids who are cutting their own hair and acting like they know. I mean, there are real punks out there, but then there are a lot of fucking posers. Which ones do you think bitch about the integrity of punk the most and felt like they were owed something by their favorite acts? So. I like the idea that in this song against me is like we're more than a product and we're not we're not something that is to be marketed to you. You have to find us because we're allowed to be ourselves. No one's telling you to like us. And I just I love it. And this is a song that is urgent and aggressive with that message. It just barrels forward like mm -hmm. a bat out of hell. It's like if you really want to start at the tippy with against me the album reinventing Axl Rose and this song are as much as like problems is pure essence of against me. Mm -hmm. This is like the, like as close as you can get to that without your eyes getting wet. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a hell of a song. I mean, this album is these, the first three albums are absolutely impeccable rock and roll music. I mean, they are, they're as good as it gets. You know, there's a reason that Against Me is as well-respected as they are, both inside punk music and outside. And mm -hmm. this song is very simple. You know, it's just like, but the message behind it, I think, 
you know, it's not hard to follow this storyline of like, you know, they love basement shows and bands that play just for the love of the music. You know, that it's yeah. this purity of soul and purity of intention and purity of music. You know, it's just this like all we want is to play music for a bunch of people that want to hear our music. You know, and they're like, we're not going to sell out for that. Um, a lot of folks later on, you know, certainly accused them of doing so. But I think it was from that group of people. You know, the posers are the real ones. And you can guess which one that was. You know, but it's like this song, I think, and the title of it, Reinventing Axl Rose. And you think about who Axl Rose was. You know, who was a badass singer of a badass rock and roll band. You know, and, and I don't, and I think... Laura Jane has this weird thing on Twitter where she always just like will respond to people with pictures of Axl Rose, but like old Axl Rose. So I don't know if she's a fan of Guns N' Roses or if she's not, you know, but it's like maybe because she's not a fan. She's like, well, if that's your idea of what music is supposed to be like, we're going to change that. We're going to reinvent that. And maybe that's the idea is like, they're not talking about playing big stadium shows here. They're like, we want to play basement, do-it-yourself punk shows, you know, where where the beer is not the life of the party. You know, we want a band that plays loud and hard every night, doesn't care how many people come through the door. You know, it's just a really, really excellent punk song. Really, I mean, they had debuted before this, but this was, I think, their real, like, big kind of coming out party as yeah. a real respected, legitimate punk band in this scene. Yep, and I, have, in the interest of time, I won't say much more, uh, except there's an interesting nugget dropped at the end of this where it, it's not even just... It's a, a subtle hint to the, the gender dysphoria, but I like this idea of beyond a gender, race, and class, we could find what really holds us back. Mm-hmm. And obviously that is going to mean something different to everybody. What do you think is holding you back beyond those parameters? And even the sheer mention of gender was a breadcrumb of like, where does Laura Jane Grace's head go with this? Mm-hmm. Like what is really holding her back? Yeah. And it's so like, again, it was seeding this awareness of like, I feel like I'm not normal, which it is an it's an absolutely normal like Laura Jane Grace is a normal person yeah. other than the level of fame she's achieved, but she didn't feel normal at the time because again, no one was normalizing these kinds of things. Yeah. So, this is this was kind of the start of the trail, you know. Yeah, this was, and I mean, it, it kind of I guess if you really want to go through this whole album too, I'm sure there's other things you can find. I haven't analyzed this album quite as much as I have. Um, as the eternal cowboy and in searching yeah. for a form of clarity those two are definitely of the three you know reinventing axel rose i think comes in at number three but i mean searching for a form of clarity and as the eternal cowboy are both just absolute banger albums you know tough dynamite to no matter what um so we got two more we've got tonight we're going to give it 35 percent, and this was from the disco before the breakdown ep and i almost picked the disco before the breakdown I was like, me too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so hard. It was so hard to pick three songs. And I think when I texted yeah. you, I was like, okay, these are the three I want. But if you were dying to pick one, any of these three, tell me, cause I'll just find a replacement. Like, you know, it, it would not have been difficult to do. Um, but tonight we're going to give it 35%. I think the reason I picked that one is because we used to play that all the time 
in the basement. Oh, yeah. You know, that was one of those songs that really kind of started out with me becoming a musician. You know, that was playing playing music in my basement with you and Tanner and Rory. And it just was a really, really wonderful time to be alive. And this song was a really, really huge part of that. And this one is probably not going to be for everybody. You know, I think this is like a very, very deep cut against me song. You know, I think unless you're like a real against me fan, you're not going to know what this song is uh, because it's very niche. You know, there's it's a very sparse song. It's a very sad song. Um, And I think it doesn't have like the typical against me rocking. You know, it's just like a very introspective song. And it really, really has always kind of like spoken to me you know, because of the experience I had with my friends playing it. And then also just throughout the years, like kind of as you age and you start to understand these concepts and things like that. And like this, the loneliness that I think really kind of pervades this whole song, just that feeling of, of just not having anybody around and, you know, wondering who you are and what's your place in other people's lives. Like, do you really matter that much? It was just a very, very heavy song for, four boneheads to mess around playing in their basement you know (laughs) yeah it was a staple of the summer of hate which was 2007 wasn't it yeah i think it had to be in some time was it 2007 i think it was 2007 i think you're right it's the summer of hate and now i'm irate (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the talent it was obvious from the word go (laughs) but you're right that was a really fun time and that was really important and formative for us as a friend group for us as musicians individually and together and i remember those times fondly as well and this song especially and it's like you said it's very depressing it's about anti-flag trying to sound uh, trying to sign against me and so it's like you're getting everything you want Mm -hmm. we drank bottled water together and talk business um you're getting everything you want things are going well with your stated ambition but you can't enjoy it because you're tortured by the fact that it might all slip away. Mm-hmm. Um, going out on the balcony to, for Tom Gable to talk to his then wife um, and, and getting into a fight over the phone when all you wanted to do was say goodnight. Yeah. Just these really, like, again, like you say, pervasive loneliness, these little vignettes where it's like, I can't enjoy any of this. And that anger boils over for me up to the end of the song where it's those drum hit dun 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 mm-hmm. now and it's smash got me on my knees in the bathroom praying to a god i don't even believe in mm-hmm. and again this has a, a dual text because you have lines like can you live with what you know about yourself when you're all alone behind closed doors yeah so once again it's right there so it's this intersection of you're you're so desperate not to lose everything that you've got, but you can also feel it imperiling the other aspects of your life. Like your marriage is suffering, your sobriety is suffering. So what what the fuck do you do? Yeah, it it's really I mean, just the way that the lyrics are written, I think this one really shows, you know, cause Laura Jane can write an aggressive song. You know, she can write a really angry song. You know, I think mm-hmm where she separates herself from you know her compatriots in punk music is her ability to write the truly introspective stuff and the truly really deeply honest 
stuff, you know, and I think that this song is, is a perfect example of it. You know, my heart is anywhere but here. And how tired I was from the past couple of weeks, from the past couple of years, well, it hit me all at once. You know, and it's just that feeling that everybody's had. I think when you finally get a chance to slow down and things get an opportunity to catch up to you, like, are those things going to be good? Or are they going to bring you into a depressive state that you were trying to escape from? You know, and and finally you had a, a moment to breathe and they caught right up to you. And it's just this idea of, I think they were always worried about being seen as inauthentic and sellouts, especially in that scene. I mean, it's like you can, I don't know many other, I don't know any other genres of music where it's so frowned upon to quote unquote sell out, you know, mm-hmm. than punk music. I think it's, it's the most looked down upon thing where if you change how your music sounds, you are betraying your fan base, you know, is what a lot of bands get told. And so a lot of bands don't, and you end up with bands like the bouncing souls where every, every single album sounds exactly the same. And you end up with bands like the offspring where the music's good, but you know, you're not going to get a huge difference from album to album, you know, with against me, that evolution was constant and unrelenting, you know, and I think you, you go from reinventing Axl Rose to something somewhat similar with the Disco Before the Breakdown EP, but they brought in horns. They had basically like a ska song that they did with Disco Before the Breakdown. And then they had Tonight We're Going to Give It 35%. Both songs, very depressing. I think both were sort of these things that were kind of bursting out of Laura Jane at at that point. She's like, I have some things to say. It's not going to be like the other stuff we've done so far, but I have to say it. You know, and then you go into You Look Like I Need a Drink and As the Eternal Cowboy, you know, songs like that from that album. And all of a sudden there's more anger and more desperation, you know, and then you get into searching for a form of clarity where I think a form of clarity was found. I don't think it was the form of clarity that she was referencing. I don't think it was like the childhood happiness, you know, the kind of childlike innocence that I think she was really referencing in that album i think it was a new form of clarity one that brought its own set of other issues but you know i think it, it's it tonight we're going to give it 35 percent. and songs like this are really what kind of show that progression that if you pay attention and look at songs and lyrics from album one to the ep to album two to album three you know it's you start to get a get a picture you know it kind of starts getting built in your mind of the sorts of struggles that Laura Jane was dealing with at this time. And aside from it being just an important song to us as a friend group, like it's a very important song to me as an against me fan, because I know what kind of place this came from. And I feel like it lets me into that universe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of dovetail with our last pick, which was one of yours, black me out from transgender dysphoria blues which was the first album after Laura Jane Grace is coming out. Um, And it's like you said, you can track a progression. You can track the metamorphosis of anger and angst and bitterness and all these things. So coming off of the first album with Laura Jane Grace finally fronting the band, right? Like finally allowed to be Laura Jane Grace Mm -hmm. and command against me. The tone of the songwriting changes even more to where many of the previous songs were Laura Jane Grace casting herself as 
perverted and freakish and deviant, like like a total other. And then this song comes along and puts that onus on other people. Anyone that, like she talks about in the book how after coming out, the other members of the band were like, fuck, we made so many gay jokes and yeah. we used like, you know, the six letter F-bomb and like, fuck, we said so much fucked up stuff in front of you and like not realizing what was going on. And Laura Jane Grace was like, you didn't know. I guess now you realize it wasn't a good fucking thing to say ever, regardless of who's in the room. But, you know, it, it's it's an interesting thing. There were a lot of personal and professional reckonings for Laura Jane Grace at this point. Some positive, some negative. People who responded favorably, some people who didn't. There were people who were pissed when Laura Jane Grace burned her fucking birth certificate that said Tom Gable and was like, mm -hmm. fuck it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. There were people that were pissed when she was like, I won't play in North Carolina because your fucking bathroom laws. Like, she became increasingly political and increasingly visible, and that pissed as many people off as against me selling out. Mm -hmm. And Black Me Out feels like the apex of that. Like, fickle fans who think I fucking owe them something I just like I want to cut all those brass rings off your fat fucking fingers. You want to make me jump through hoops? I'll kick you in the goddamn head. How about mm -hmm. that? I just love the anger and the passion in this song and the new way that she frames everything. Yeah, this was. I felt like we needed to have something from Transgender Dysphoria Blues album, um, just because you know whether you count that among your best Against Me albums or not, um, it's absolutely a top five for me. I mean. Mm -hmm. It's tough to, you know, I think, I think for me, it's probably searching for a form of clarity as the eternal cowboy, you know, this one, I, it's between reinventing Axl Rose and transgender dysphoria blues, honestly, for, for the number three spot, you know, I think those are mm -hmm. fairly tied for me. Um, but I felt like this song, cause this was the first one I heard from that album, you know, so it was just like I, the first thing I'd ever heard from Laura Jane Grace. And I was just curious. I was like, okay, is it, you know, is it going to sound any different? You know, I'm sure I had every kind of thought that, you know, a person not experienced with that sort of thing happening in their world, you know, all those kind of thoughts that really don't make any difference at all, you know, were the things I was thinking of. And then I heard this song and I was like, oh no, it's going to be just fine. If anything, she sounded even more powerful than she ever had before. You know, that was what really struck me about Black Me Out was it was not only was against me back, they were back in a big fucking way. And mm -hmm. Black Me Out, I think, is one of the best like fuck you rock songs in existence. Um, the way at the end, the outro when when she's singing all the young's graves, all the young graves filled, don't the best all burn out so bright and so fast and she hits that key change and you're like holy shit that's fucking crazy that she can sing like that and then she goes even higher when she says full body high i'm never coming down black me out i mean just absolutely that's where when i was mentioning that her voice has all of a sudden and maybe it always was and she just never chose to sing this way you know her voice is very very pure and powerful mm -hmm. like has some pipes has always had pipes but there was always that kind of gravel in her voice on most of the songs like i don't remember a lot of them where she sang this 
clearly this purely like clear as a bell on some of this stuff and especially on that outro and i think it's one of the best performances after such a pivotal event in someone's life um yeah i don't know if i want to call it a comeback album i don't know if that i don't think that's the right term because i don't think they really took an inordinate amount of time off or anything like that um but it just to me was like a statement that they're like we're fucking back in a big way and this song just kicks so much ass yeah it kicks ass and like it's the rejuvenating power of being fucking allowed to be yourself at long last like that's where all the strength came from in this album was like we are back and we are as authentic as that you want to talk about authenticity and punk this is fucking it how can i be an authentic product to you if i'm not being my authentic self so here you fucking go we're gonna give you all you can handle and it's it's uh, transgender dysphoria blues I I think I would put it number three. Yeah. Slightly edges out Axel for me because I have the same top two as you. I I think it slightly, slightly edges out Axel. Axel's an important one, but I think this is equally as important. Yeah. It's a whole new phase and in many ways, like it's a new beginning for against me. And it's just it's a it's a solid fucking album top to top and this song is like the crown jewel. Yeah, this one I think it's it's the last song on the album. And it's just what a way to close it out. Yeah, oh fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean they they've got Transgender Dysphoria Blues, True Trans Soul Rebel on there. Um Unconditional Love. Mm-hmm. Drinking with the Jocks. I mean there are so many fucking good songs on that album. It is a really really solid album top to bottom and you know now Noted. that i'm thinking about it, it's like it may even be like closer to number two than i'm than i'm thinking it is you know i think searching for a former clarity and and as the eternal cowboy have been like locked in as my top two for so long that it's like a set in stone thing for me but i think transgender dysphoria blues like comes a little closer than than i might be given a credit for I mean, I buy it. Yeah. And I think for me, my my fifth is a little bit of a cheat. I think I might go with um, that Against Me EP where you can hear, like, the original demo version of Jordan's first choice. Oh, yeah. When Laura, when, when Laura Jane Grace at the time, again, living as a man, little Tom Gable was just, like, a little little child who had this incredibly high voice. Yep. Tell me how could you compromise yourself like that? I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And you just hear like the cassette hissing the whole time. I really fucking love that EP. Yeah. Did you ever listen to the their like very first EP? It was like Vivada Vis or something like that. Uh, that might be what I'm talking about. Maybe I just fucked up the name. Let's see. Let's it's got the little see. golden horsey man on the front. Oh, I don't know if it's even on Spotify. Yes, I think it's the. Oh no! The one I'm looking at is the acoustic EP. Duh. Trying to, I think it was Viva de Vis or something like that. But it's like had some like deep cuts. The Vita Vis. Um, Crime is also a great EP from them. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. There's oh shit stroll was the one that. Mm. That was the one that we would always listen to from that album. Yeah. 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 Great, great album. <laughs> it is. It is rough. 
It yeah, is, very it is rough. But it's, I mean, it's, I don't know. That's it goes to that evolution thing. You get if you listen to it all the way through, it they sound like a completely different band now, but they still have that like backbone. They still have that same soul and heart to the music. It's just, I don't know. It they're they're a band that I think for a little bit I kind of was like bashing them because they had ripped off two, you know, two albums in a row that, you know, were not that great in my opinion but the recovery from that if 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 i'm any sort of qualified judge of of even calling it a recovery as if you know to have the authority to to imply that those other albums weren't good i just didn't like them that much and i have a music podcast so i'm going to talk about it you people are going to hear about it uh but you know it's just like the consistency, the quality of the work has always been there. Whether you were really a big fan of any certain songs or a certain album or not, um, the effort was never in question with this band. No, not at all. And you're, you're, I agree with you. There was a while where I walked away from Against Me. I was like, I'll always listen to the old shit, but I'm not following them into the future. Yeah. This shit sucks. You Like you said, they laid two stinkers in a row. And I was like... Fuck this, man. They and I wouldn't necessarily ever accuse them of selling out because I was never punk and never claimed to be. But I was like, they just fucked up their sound. They Mike Love said, "Don't fuck with the formula." And look what yeah. you did. Look what you done did. Fucked with the formula. But they came back around and like rediscovered who they were. And I will always have a special place in my heart for Against Me. It's been so big for the friend group. And it's like music that I can listen to that makes me really nostalgic for the old days mm -hmm. with you guys and just makes me glad that we're all still friends. Yes. Yeah. It really, really, this was a fun episode. I'm really glad he suggested we do that one. Um, I like these retrospective things. I feel like we get a lot, a lot more in the weeds with the things that we really care about. Yeah. You know? Nice little tangents and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. It's a fun time in a good way. Um, Let's see. I think that's I think that's going to do it. I think we're like a little bit past where we usually are time-wise. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. Is there something you need to plug, Alex? No, I did want to plug our plans because we are on vacation, so I think we're going to make like the government and observe the 4th on the 5th. No new episode that yes. week. But that gives everybody a little bit more time to let us know what they want to hear at out on that line at gmail.com. You'll find us on Instagram at out on that line on Twitter at out on that line one, send us a DM. You could send us a little message on Facebook. You'll find us out on that line podcast on there. Um, we also, we have a YouTube and there's going to be another singles video up there by the time you hear this on Monday. So make sure you go check that out and you'll find it by searching hashtag out on that line at YouTube. And you'll find all of our other podcast episodes on there as well, including this one. So if that's your preferred medium to listen to any sort of audio or some nice videos, some nice few minute videos, don't take much time out of your day. That's where you'll find it all. And you know who else I wanted to plug? Frank Zappa, because I think somebody forgot about him this week. Holy shit, I did. I got so wrapped up in the magic of against me in young adulthood that I... Didn't even mention old Uncle Frank. Totally, Good catch, you Jeff. totally forgot about the mustache. I wasn't going to let you fall like that, though. Because here's the thing. There have definitely been past episodes. I think the Olivia Rodrigo one, I forgot to mention him. Oh, well, you can Pretty... always edit it and re-upload it. 
I just have me screaming Frank Zappa like <laughs> Beetlejuice. Frank Zappa, Frank Zappa, Frank Zappa. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for catching me when I fall. Yes, that's what I'm that's what I'm here for. You know, where you see two sets of footsteps, that's where I was walking beside you. Where you see one set of footsteps, that's where I carried you. Well, I appreciate that cuz I hope you know I weigh a lot. Well, I used to make lot, I used to make you carry me around sometimes i always thought it was the funniest thing like let me jump into alex's arms as if yeah. i'm a small human <laughs> well maybe we'll oh, run that fuck. maybe we'll run that back at uh at camp you've been lifting weights yeah oh yeah it's gonna be great i'm gonna be <laughs> chucking all you guys around <laughs> well if that's gonna do it for you that's gonna do it for me so folks it'll be a little bit but until next time yeah.